listeners thanks for being with us this week we have Catherine nolan we are actually replaying one of our favorites from our og season actually i think she was in season two with us okay. um, it's called breath of fire and i adore Catherine nolan if Me you're too. not follow if you're not following her on instagram click her follow only because she is just adorable. She's lovely. She's adorable. Her dog Walter is just <laughs> the cutest thing ever. He's like a little he looks like a little wolf. He's so cute. He's so sweet. But she lives in South Philly and which my homegirl Kristen lives there. You know, it's one of my favorite places to visit. Absolute favorite. If you're from South Philly, what's up, y'all? She's off uh um she's off Pashunk. She lives in that neighborhood off Moya Mensing. So, um, if you're from around there, you know that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's, so, you know, Catherine's right there, like, near her. So, she always posts pictures of the neighborhood's really quirky and cool and totally like her. And uh, the other day, she posted a picture of they had redone the outside of their house. And it was when they bought it. And it's, like, gray and black and drab. And then she's like, and now. And it's, like, yellow door, teal chairs. Like, oh. all this stuff. It's, like, so cute. It's so her. Brought so. it to life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, she has a brand new book out this week. It's called Out of the Blue. It's set in San Diego. And she said it's really beachy. And it's about a badass lady surfer. So, which reminded me of, like, Blue Crush a little bit. Do you mm-hmm. remember that movie? Yes. I, like, I fucking love that movie. So, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that when she was telling me about it. So, in real time, it's not out yet. It's not out till the 14th. But if you're listening now, it's out now. And it's in Kendall so, Unlimited. Yes, yes. So, make sure you grab that up this week. She is actually giving away this week a paperback copy, a signed paperback of Out of the Blue. So, we're really excited to have her here with us again. I told her we were playing one of our old favorites. And she was like, oh, my God, you're going to play my book again? She was, like, so sweet about it. <laughs> so, so yay. Um, I want to talk about, uh, before we get into to playing Breath of Fire in just a minute, I want to talk about we ended last week's episode kind of on a cliffhanger a little bit, I think. Um, it Just me and you talking, not yeah. the actual audio book. So we read a lady listener email from a lady named Sammy. She wrote, uh, she writes romance under the name Jissa. I believe it's Jissa, uh, Jisa, it's J-I-S-A, Dean, D-E-A-N. And we, she was really frustrated about how do I get my books out there? Her email was from 2019. And I just so happened to pull one. I like, we have a spam folder and they were down there. I was going and grab an email and I just happened to grab hers. Like, I just clicked it for no no reason. I got the email from her. So, I, yeah, I just so happened to, like, go in and grab her email out of that spam folder. And we read it. And she had a couple of good questions for us. And then she talked about, like, how do you grow your audience? How do you get your book out there and all this stuff? And we, you know, gave advice. And, you know, don't get too frustrated. Don't give up hope. And so... I was like, I'm going to look up her books once we got finished with it. And uh, Mel was typing up like the show notes on everything we discussed. And I was like, look at this. 
look at this. And I was like sending you like screenshots of her books. And I was like, oh my God, you have to read. I was like, read this and tell me if it's good. And you're like, all right, I'll just read one. Like, you know, you're like, her yeah. story kind of got to us. So I so clicked it. Tell me I, from there. Yes. So tell I clicked it and I think I went to go lay down later and I try to read a little bit before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I lay down. I was like, okay, let's read this for a second. And I started and I'm like, oh no, it's probably going to be a ton of world building. and da, da, da. Mm-hmm. But I kept going and then I was like, I can't stop. And then I was, like, I stayed up way too late till, like, four in the morning, and I read Holy it. fuck! And then I, I got off that one, and then I was like, I need to see what her contemporary is like. Her contemporary was even better. No shit, really? Like, I have devoured, she probably has, I don't know, 20 books out or something? Maybe 25? Yeah. I have probably read 15 Holy shit, I read her, Mel. I'm talking from over this weekend. That's all I did. I read her whole oh Lakeside I series. I read her whole Taboo series. I'm just like powering through them. You text me like like Sunday or Saturday night or something. You were like, I need I need to talk to her. Like you need to ask her if this couple gets the story. And then you text me again the next day. You're like, ask her if this couple I was like, here's her phone number. She said to text her. <laughs> she just does like, I don't know, she hits everything that I want the hero to hit. And she wraps around. Like she doesn't forget the little things that she said in the beginning or uh-huh. the little things that the heroine was subconscious about. And some of the stuff is cliche, but it's great. And these men are so obsessed. Oh, like I love crazy. It. Some of it is kind of a little bit of forced. Uh-huh. A little, it, yeah. You still it, have my attention. I'm not. No, going but it anywhere. was they were still like <laughs> it didn't bother me because I mean yeah. I like a little forced stuff when we wrote that <laughs> yeah. series. Yeah. But um they're obsessed. They're like, nope, this is my woman. I can do this. She's just trying to put up walls. And all of them are, like, trying to get them pregnant, and mm-hmm. it's just crazy. And you never hear about the heroes being, like, man whores or this and that happening before. I mean, I don't think any of them that I've read were not safe, actually. Oh, wow. That's great. So now that – so, but I just can't stop. Like, I was so bad, like, usually I can put down a book. I couldn't – I was had stuff I wanted to do, which I didn't do. I just read <laughs> all weekend, but it was fun to be able to keep going back for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, to find a new author with the backlist. That's, that's, I'm telling you, I feel like that is like a unicorn. When you stumble upon an author that you've never read, you don't know anything about, you read it and it's exactly what you want. And then their backlist is that too. Yeah. God. Like, I can't remember the last time that happened, <laughs> you know? I can't God, either. So I was good. so excited. I was like, I can't stop. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> even so- I wanted more. Like, she mentioned side couples. I was like, where is this? I need this. Like, now. I, you know, I don't want to, um, this is not tooting our own horn. This is the power of our listeners and our readers and our, in our headquarters group and the people that follow us on Instagram. This is the power of this. Like, I want to say, what was the first book you read in this year? Was it Monster? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember. It was like, we had a blue cover. Yeah. It's the first book in that series. 
that's the one you said. It's like new species. And so Mel had gone on Instagram, made a picture, made a post and said, red alerts. Like, like, listen up, guys. This is it. Like, no fucking around. Read this shit. Like, you were seriously like, just shove their faces. Like, just <laughs> read it. And this book shot up. It wasn't, I don't even know what the ranking was. Do you remember what it was when it started? It was like, it was like half a hundred thousand or something. Yeah, 500,000 or something. So, Mel read these books and loved them so much she could, I'm like, no bullshit. Like, this is not a paid ad. This is not a paid sponsorship. This just, like, didn't even know we were reading her email. I was trying to find her. I'm like, I need to find her. I want her on the podcast. I got questions. This email was from three years ago. She sent this to us in March of 2019. Is that right? Yeah, three years ago. And so, like, wait, is that two years ago? I no, I think it's three. I think, I think it's three. three. Anyways, what it was in 2019. Anyways, so she sent this email and like her social media was like totally quiet since then. No Facebook posts. No, she's in our Read Me Room. It's headquarters. No activity since 2019. I'm emailing her. I'm messaging her on Facebook. I find her real at Facebook, her real one. I message her on that Instagram. Like I'm, I could not get a hold of her because her book went from like half a million in ranking to like 200, like 200 yeah it was like what was it I, I don't even know where it stopped it. it was like 200 or some shit yeah I could not believe it it was like once you put out the call to action people went fucking nuts <gasps> and it shows it showed the power of our listeners and our readers and stuff yeah. but also that we shared in this moment of like holy fuck everybody <laughs> like look I'm out oh so my God. it's happening I don't I had so excited to find somebody that is like you love the books and they're mm-hmm. small and you're like nobody knows about this person. I have to tell everybody. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. mine like God, I think the last time that happened to me was probably a Royal Roads Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I remember yes. reading that. Somebody told me to read oh it and I was like, This is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No fucking around, guys. <sighs> I remember you telling me that until November. Yeah. You were like, if you don't read this, I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> That was that feeling of that excitement. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I felt like, like, it was just so fun to have this joy of, like, look at her number. Look at her number. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's going up. She's going up. And, like, in the meantime, we can't get a hold of her. And finally, finally, like, the next day, she emails me. And she's like, oh, my God. What's happening? Is this real? (laughs) She's like, did you email me? Oh, my God. And I was like. I said, bitch, I didn't just email you. Go check your ranking on your books. You need to start screaming. I even said it in the email. It's like, bitch, go check your ranking. And that was it. I just hit sent. <laughs> she probably thinks I'm, in, I'm crazy. Well, but, I texted her so over the exciting. weekend and she get, texted me once. She responded. And then yeah. I was like, she didn't text me anymore. Fine, whatever. Because <laughs> we're not going to be best friends. <laughs> It's totally fine. We don't. We don't have to be. We don't have to be fine. Totally okay. Cool. <laughs> as long as you send me arcs. Okay, <laughs> so, like, I was waiting to talk to you about it today. So I downloaded some of her books. I can't wait to read them. Like, when you give me a solid recommendation like that, I know like that's the shit. Like that's what I need to be getting on. So I just wanted to follow up from that last week's episode because this all like blew up at, right after we recorded mm-hmm. last week, and it we've just all kind of been basking in this like oh my god can you believe it so it felt like 
discovering someone in a way, even though like she's just been out there grinding. Mm-hmm, and has. that was one of the, that was one of the things she, she asked when she said, you know, I can't get my books out there. Like, what do I do to get more exposure? And you even said, you answered her question. You were like, just keep writing. So it will happen. Someone will find your books. It will happen. And when they find your books, they're going to read everything you've written. <laughs> And that's literally what you did. <laughs> you were the person you were of. <laughs> I was talking about myself and third yeah, person. you predicted the future is what I'm basically saying. So, like, I don't know. Like, I, it was just, it was really awesome. And it felt good to, like, sort of, sort of be there with her mm-hmm. when that happened and just be excited. So, okay. yeah. Um, what do you, what do you, have you been reading anything besides her lately? Oh yeah, I have that just exclusive. Okay, well, I'll tell you about mine while you pull yours up. Um, I finished the the new Robert Degani book, uh, the in the Tracy Crosswhite series. It um it was really fucking dark. It was it was fucked up and sad and twisted, and it was really really well written. But um, I don't know if I'm gonna go to the next book in it because it really kind of bums me out. <laughs> like I mean they're they're so good and I didn't see the twist coming I was in bed at like 2 a.m last night and I went (gasps) and Kevin was like oh my god was who died and I was like no it was oh it was such a good twist I didn't see it coming at all so I don't know that those books are just so heavy I'm glad there's only like one a year though yeah but so so what did you read I actually wanted to mention um Bred by the Billionaire. It's Sam Crescent that wrote it. And Sam Ooh. Crescent can be very hit or miss for me, usually. I either love it or it's just not my jam. Because her men can be a little hoary at times. <laughs> Which isn't my thing. So, but I read, I got Bred by the Billionaire because I had read a while back, um, Bred by the MC President. So and I really enjoyed it, and this one came out, and I really fucking enjoyed it because he's mm-hmm. like dark, crazy guy, and he just goes hardcore in for her. So I wanted to mention it because I really enjoyed it, and I even went back and reread the motorcycle one. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not in Kindle Unlimited. I think it's like three ninety nine. But that's why I'm telling you because those books can be expensive. It's by worth hers. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This one's worth it, guys. <laughs> Click on it. Um, did you have a good Mother's Day? I just read. Oh, my kids were gone. Had you texted me that they're not home, and I was like, fuck you. They, I, after they left, because they went up for the hunting trailer, it's turkey season, and they all went up mm-hmm. there, and me and Rob were, like, standing there. I was like, when is the last time we've been alone in this house? And he's uh, like, a year and a half ago? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, damn. So I was Would y'all walk around naked? I was going to say, did you walk around naked or anything crazy? No. <laughs> you just read your book. I wanted to read. If I walked around naked, I would never need to read. <laughs> True story. <sighs> True story. Um, We went to, uh, you know, my in-laws have a place at the beach. We went down there this past weekend, and they rented out during the summer. So from Memorial Day to Labor Day, it's always booked every weekend, and that helps to pay for, like, the insurance and the taxes and all that Mm -hmm. because it is expensive to own a beach house, and it's always a ton of work. And every dime you make, you have to put back into it. So it's not always as glamorous as it sounds, especially when it's a really old house. So I actually went down there to help them this weekend. I got to put my toes in the sand, like, in the morning while I was having my coffee, and that was about it. 
But um, yeah, so we had to like peel wallpaper and paint and I had to like stucco, like re-stucco the windows and stuff like that. That was my mother's day. But, you know, we drove home on Sunday, which was Mother's Day. You know, I, I, we finished cleaning and stuff like that that day. You know, my husband's parents are a little bit older. They, they need more help now than they used to. So um, we were on the way back, and my husband was just like, he's like, I'm really sorry. He's like, I know this sucks. Like, it's Mother's Day. Like, you should get to do something you want to do. And I, I just looked at him, and I said, I was with you, and that's all that mattered. And I actually meant it. You know, and I didn't, yeah, like, I think that was the first time I really just didn't give a shit. And I don't know if it's just the new medicine I'm on, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if it's the shit my doctor put me on, but I honestly felt it in my heart. And I was like, I'm with you. I don't need anything else. I'm perfectly happy with this. And it like, it felt really nice to like say that and feel it. And so, um. So yeah, that's that was my Mother's Day. We we drove home. He ordered Mexican, and I made homemade ice cream. You know, it was great. Nice. So he bought me some strawberries at the farmers market on the way home. There's like this like I say farmers market. It's a roadside shack <laughs> that we pulled into, and he bought me some uh, some strawberries. But they were good as fuck. I made ice cream out of them last night. The other thing I have on here to talk about is: Have you ever thought about freezing your eggs? Yeah. Have you? Mm-hmm. What? Why would you freeze your eggs? Um, because I've wafted between having another child a lot, mm-hmm. and if I need to do it, I need to do it like now. Yeah. How old are you now? Thirty seven. Thirty five. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! So You're I would have to do it like right now. But I also take into consideration if I did want one, anyways. I would have to have my eggs possibly removed because my husband's fixed. So it'll probably be generated in a lab and put back in me anyway. So no matter what, it would be, they'd have to go in for my eggs. Like insemination, like through that. But I, I walk back and forth so much. At some point I'm like, I would really like to have a girl. But then yeah. a girl that's a girly girl. <laughs> I was going to say. But uh, then, well, I may you not. Do, but I, your daughter's not like girly girl at all. But well, you get another tomboy. Well, actually, you know, it's so you weird are. that you asked me that because Isabel said it like last night. She's like, I wish we would have a girl around here. I was like, well, you know. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, well, you know, um, if I did get pregnant or I did do it or whatever, I think you can mm-hmm. spin it now and help predict the sex of the child. Yeah. And I was like, if you're already doing all of this, because you have to get the eggs out and all yeah, that. Uh-huh. But I was like, but at the same time, I was like, you can do that and get the sex out. And they're going to be like 12 and be like, I'm a dude. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> right? You're like, I did it again. <laughs> so you're you're never guaranteed, no. you know. But um, I find it really fascinating. There is an Instagram account that I follow. I had to look it up. It's her name's uh, her name's Alex, and her handle is Sassy Confetti, and um, she has been freezing her eggs, and so she's been posting the entire process and saving it to her highlight reels. So if you're interested in it at all, she's gone to this company in Chicago that does it. And she actually did a live where, like, you got to ask questions with the per- with the egg freezing company people 
were on there with her. And like, it's such a crazy process on like the injections you have to give yourself and like yeah. they have to be like at a certain percentage. And she ended up, I think she got like 12 eggs, mm-hmm. but they said once you freeze them, some die. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they said they hope for six to eight healthy eggs when they do it. But it was just such a an interesting process. I never really considered it. But she said she's 35. She said, you know, I'm really healthy. But she said, I'm not in a relationship and I don't want to put that pressure on every guy I meet. Yeah. That like, oh, my God, I need to make this happen. I need to have kids right away. Like, I'm getting older. I'm getting older. And she said, I just wanted that pressure off that way. You know, if I meet somebody later, but, you know, I'm 40, I can use my 35-year-old eggs, (laughs) you know. I, and, I mean, there's other reasons to do it, too, at the same time. If you freeze them, yeah. you never use them. It could yeah. be used for your own children who might have a problem yeah. in the future of getting mm-hmm. pregnant or whatever. Yeah. So there's backup yeah. reasons. But then at the same time, I'm like, I'm 35, and now my kids are, like, 12 and almost 16. I'm almost free. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. I know. I don't think I could start over right now, but, you know, you just never know. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I I wish I would have known I was only going to birth one. I think I would have yeah. been more appreciative and more into mm-hmm. it with all the stuff and the baby shower mm-hmm. and all that, all those yeah. things. But I think I yeah. thought I would have another. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really. I don't even have that many pictures of me pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. I don't have many at all. My mom doesn't have any. And she said, like, I asked her one time, I was like, how come you don't have a single picture? You had three fucking kids. Mm-hmm. Hey, you don't have a single pregnant picture. And she was like, that was by design. <laughs> and I was like, okay. She just did not want her photo taken, I guess. Yeah. Like, I got pregnant. as big as a house, so I can see that. <laughs> yeah. I looked great when I was pregnant. For some reason, my body loved it. It was like, hey, you're going to drop 40 pounds. Here you go. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. Get this baby bump out of the way. I'm looking hot. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, Catherine Nolan's book, Breath of Fire, she's got with us today. I'm going to read you the book bio because it is delicious. Inhale. My name is Sage McAllister, and my life is about to change remarkably. I own a thriving yoga studio in Los Angeles. I have a celebrity client list a mile long. I'm followed, fawned over, adored, and I've just been offered a TV show that could rocket me to stardom. Exhale. The choice should be easy. I have absolutely nothing to lose until a student walks into my class that sets my heart aflame. Olivia Nugent, my high school sweetheart, and the woman I've loved my entire life. Inhale, exhale. My name is Sage McAllister, and I'll be your yoga teacher this evening. Let's begin. So, Catherine told me earlier today when we talked, she said, you know, if you love Breath of Fire, if you enjoy it, you're definitely going to love Out of the Blue. She said it's, you know, she says right in the same vein that goes along with it. Um, So, yeah, uh, Breath of Fire is not available in ebook. She had it up originally in ebook, but she took it down because she's either going to bundle it or, or add to it. I'm not sure. She said she's she's waiting to see what she wants to do with it. So it's only available in audiobook on the podcast. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll play the first installment for you and we'll see you on the other side. Bye. One. Sage.
I'm going to be really honest with you, Sage, Rita said. I want to make you a metric fuck ton of money. And you think this TV show will be a hit? I asked, pressing the phone to my ear. Her voice was almost drowned out by the crashing waves in front of me. The sun was just beginning to dip below the horizon, painting the ocean shades of orange. A massive hit, she continued. A television show on the Vibe Channel will skyrocket your fame into the stratosphere. You're too hot not to be on TV. You're the most famous yoga teacher in Los Angeles, your celebrity client list is a mile long, and Sunfire has a two-month wait list for classes. Your entire career has been leading to this opportunity, Sage. But who would watch a TV show about yoga? I asked, scanning the horizon. My gaze fell on two small cliffs off to the left. They jetted out over the water, tempting tourists and adrenaline-seeking locals alike to jump into the cold waves. Everyone, Rita squealed, because it won't just be about yoga. In a 30-minute show, viewers will get a short yoga class taught by you, the Sage McAllister, interviews with guests, lifestyle gurus, and the like. Then you'll hawk your merchandise, coffee mugs, T-shirts. Coffee mugs? I asked. These days, my life felt like a runaway train seconds from exploding off the tracks. I was baffled by my own success, in awe of my celebrity, shocked at the millions of followers I had on Instagram and the students who lined up for autographs after my classes. And I tried not to listen to the voice I heard in every truly quiet moment, usually on my yoga mat at sunrise, the voice that whispered, stop. Rita was still talking. You'll have every piece of merchandise you could ever want and more. Besides, that's where all the money's at. And we'll make sure you get a big piece of it. Merch, speaking appearances, guest teaching spots all across the country. This could be your life. I rubbed my hand across my jaw, eyes narrowed at the cliffs. I was finally back home in Playa Vieja. For the first time in six years, and I was probably late for the class I was guest teaching at the yoga studio at the Bella View Hotel. Being here, being home, made me think of Olivia. The memory of her hand and mine as we stood on those cliffs was so real. It could have happened yesterday, not six years ago. I remembered her bright laughter as she teased me, begging me to jump with her. The way she'd sprung from the waves afterward like a mermaid. Sage, did you hear what I just said? Rita's voice was a persistent whine in my ear. Of course, I lied, turning to see Finn waving to me from the studio. And listen, Rita, I've got to go teach this class. When do I need an answer to you by? Three days, babe. This business moves fast, you know? Three days, or we'll walk, she said. You'll have my answer before then. I promise. I hung up, having not one goddamn clue what I was going to do. If I called my agent right now, this news would have him cartwheeling through his office with dollar signs in his eyes. And part of me wanted to do the same exact thing. Instead, I walked toward the yoga studio and a friend I hadn't seen in years. Finn Travis, I said, pulling the shaggy surfer in for a massive bear hug. He laughed 
clapping me on the back. Finn hadn't changed since high school. Still the laid-back mellow guy with a huge heart and no fear. How's the hotel going? I asked. After a long protracted protest against the project and its head developer, Finn had succeeded in convincing the company to develop a hotel that better fit with the spirit of Playa Vieja, while protecting the environment at the same time. And reliable local gossip told me that, in spite of it all, Finn had also fallen in love with his former adversary. It's going great, he said, leading me past a beautiful lobby with large windows open to the pristine beach. Avery and I just opened another eco-hotel in La Jolla, which has really taken off. We've made some improvements here, too, like our brand new lobby. For a second, my eyes snagged on the pencil drawings framed on the lobby walls, the delicate lines triggering something in my memory. But then Finn opened the door to their yoga studio, and I forgot all about the drawing. And our brand new studio, he continued. Whoa, Finn, I said. This looks, I mean, this reminds me of the place where I first trained. It's amazing. Finn crossed his arms and grinned, leaning against the bare white wall. The studio had light oak floors that stretched toward a stage. Behind that was an open wall, letting the sand and waves and sea air flow through the room. It was softly lit by the setting sun and glowing candles. No frills, nothing outrageous. The exact opposite of the glossy, expensive yoga studio I owned in Los Angeles. Thought you would like it. Students are already lining up for you, dude, Finn said, giving me another slap on the back. Find me later and we'll catch up. But for now, get up on that stage and work your magic. The next 20 minutes were a blur, as the waiting students filed in and crowded around for selfies and autographs. As a rule, I waited to sign autographs until after class, trying to maintain some semblance of peace and normalcy before our practice began. Although I was breaking that rule more and more. After the last picture was taken, I gently extricated myself from the crowd. As I flipped through my notes, I was aware of the electric hum of attention all around me. But this was an evening class so I wanted them detoxing from their busy day. Peaceful, not intense. Right at six, I lit the candles and settled into a cross-legged pose on my mat, facing a sea of overwhelmed faces. The room buzzed with restless kinetic energy. After my call with Rita, this was what I needed. Good evening, everyone, I said, straightening my spine. My name is Sage McAllister and I'll be your guest teacher here at the Bellevue for the next three nights. I inhaled, banishing all thoughts of the TV show. Exhale. I want you to raise your hand if you feel like you're always too busy. Everyone's hands shot up. I chuckled, nodding. That's what I thought. I feel the same way, too, to be honest. On social media, it's easy for me to project an image of utter calm and transcendence. But trust me, I stood up, started strolling through a rainbow of yoga mats. I get road rage in L.A. traffic. I watch TV when I should be meditating. I hyper-focus on those negative comments people leave on my Instagram posts. There was a ripple of laughter. 
And why? Because we're only human. We're only human living in a society built to make us too busy. Which is why I need yoga so much. I moved down the second row, smiling at my students. In this room, for the next 90 minutes, you have no job, no obligations, and no one is judging your performance. There is no place you need to be except here. Everyone take a deep breath for me. Inhale the meetings, the rushing, the anxiety, the stress. Inhale the uncertainty and the self-doubt. Inhale. There was a powerful, unified sound of breath. Hold it, I said, counting to four in my head. Notice the mat beneath you, the air on your skin, the sound of the ocean wave. That's all there is. Exhale. They did. A giant whooshing sound lifting my heart and my spirit. My own gentle reminder that beneath the TV contracts and the celebrity clients, there was a reason why I'd chosen this ancient practice. There is no place you need to be except here, I repeated, aware of this present moment giving your body what it needs. I kept walking, down the very back row of students. I'll remind you that taking child's pose, resting pose, is the most powerful expression of... I stopped, suddenly tongue-tied. There, sitting on a turquoise mat in the back corner of the room, was Olivia Wynne. Olivia the mermaid cliff jumper, my dearest friend, my high school sweetheart, the woman who broke my heart. Her brown eyes locked on mine, widening in recognition. I heard a rustling, a few coughs, and realized I was frozen at the back, staring at Olivia. Years of desire and questions and regret and memories flooded between us in a room packed with other people. It's a child's pose. To rest is the most powerful expression of yoga there is. I stumbled, stepping back toward the safety of my mat and the stage. I couldn't be back there, so close to someone who had caused me equal amounts of joy and pain. Let's begin, shall we? I peeked down at my notes on the flow. One look at Olivia and my thoughts had scattered like marbles on the floor. We'll start on our backs. I led them through another brief guided meditation, focusing on their breathing before beginning our physical practice. Sun salutations and warrior poses interspersed with deep, powerful stretching. This was usually the most serene moment of my day. There was no better feeling than standing in a room surrounded by bodies moving with dynamic energy. I was the eye in the hurricane, the point of serenity, as limbs swayed and arched, dipped and danced. But today, I only had eyes for Olivia, who had a yoga practice as strong and graceful as I'd always remembered her being in high school. It had been six years since she'd broken up with me. 
and I tried hard not to dwell on the loss of her from my life. As our eyes met, again and again, I saw defiance in her gaze. Surprise. Anger. She was still astonishingly beautiful. Her long, straight black hair was braided over one shoulder. One arm was covered in colorful tattoos, while bright bracelets danced up both wrists. She had the same splash of freckles across her nose, the same full, sweet lips. Why did you end it, Will? Raise your palms to the sky, I said, aware that we were staring at each other again. I could see her breathing coming short and shallow. She arched an eyebrow at me, questioning, challenging. Feel like your fingertips can scrape the night sky, disrupting the stars. Inhale. We were almost out of time, and I'd skipped or forgotten half of what I'd intended to do. Exhale, I said, then led the students through a handful of cool-down poses. They looked sated and happy, and I hoped no one was actually aware of my reactions to the woman in the back. I led them into Shavasana, corpse pose, the final rest before class ended. They were all splayed on their backs, breathing softly, letting go of any remaining tension. Olivia and I had both been born and raised here in the paradise of Playa Vieja, a funky beach town just south of San Diego. We'd always been friends as kids. And then, our freshman year of high school, I'd asked Olivia to the homecoming dance. Even at 15, she had a strong sense of self, knowing she was absolutely destined to go to art school in New York City. When I was 15, all I wanted to do was hold Olivia's hand and escort her to a silly high school dance. At first, I had been so nervous, I'd barely said a word but I did get the courage to give her a long, lingering kiss at the end of the night. And when I pulled back, she touched her fingers to her lips and said, oh. Now, six years after we'd broken up, the woman I never stopped thinking about was here. Both of us, back in the place where we'd grown up. The place where we'd fallen in love. Slowly open your eyes, stretching your hands over your head. Come back into your body, into this room, I said. I fought a flood of memories. Olivia sketching me on the beach our junior year, her eyes roving over my body with intense concentration. Olivia straddling me in the front seat of my car, kissing me breathlessly before racing inside to make her curfew. There's one more thing I'd like to say about this culture of busy we currently exist in. Because I think one of the many negative impacts of a rushed life is that it can take us away from those things that are the most important. I went on as I walked through the aisles, watching students blinking and rolling onto their sides. It can take us away from that which we love the most. Whether that's a quiet hike in the woods, a peaceful Sunday morning with your dog, hot coffee on a rainy day. I swallowed, nearing Olivia. And it can take us away from the people that we love. 
He was sitting up, cross-legged, and I was right there. Could have dropped to my knees and kissed her favorite spot between her neck and her shoulder. And really, what a tragedy. Rushing so much through life that you miss out on love. I kept walking, even though I could feel her eyes on me. Raise your arms over your head and drop them in front of your heart. Take one last deep inhale. I settled on the stage, crossing my legs and bowing to my students. Exhale. The light in me honors the light in all of you. Namaste. After a moment, I sat up, immediately looking for Olivia. But she was already scrambling up, packing up her yoga mat. I stood, compelled to speak with her before she left. But then the horde came. More students wanting autographs and pictures. To touch me, hug me, tell me their favorite parts of my class. I listened politely, nodding along. But for the first time in a long time, I really didn't want to be Sage McAllister yoga celebrity. An hour later, I finally said goodbye to the last fan my cheeks aching from over-smiling. I raced outside, clinging to a shred of hope that Olivia would be leaning against the wall, flashing me her sly smile. But she wasn't. I was alone on a beach beneath the moonlit sky, the ocean scattered with the reflections of stars. I currently lived two miles from the beach in Los Angeles and never went. My phone chirped, screen lighting up with a message from Rita. I look forward to your response in three days. I sighed, seeking comfort in the endless ebb and flow of the ocean, a sound I used to fall asleep to. I hadn't realized how much my heart yearned for the waves of Playa Vieja. And I hadn't realized how much my heart still yearned for Olivia. Two, Olivia. There was no better feeling on this planet than finally coming home. It was a feeling I tried to fold into every line I drew, shading it into the shadows I smudged across the page. While I was living in New York City, I kept drawing Playa Vieja without realizing it, kept sketching ocean waves and rough sand, the shapes of seagulls in the sky. I kept thinking that drawing Playa Vieja would cure my homesickness but it only pointed my heart more firmly in the direction of the West Coast. I needed to go home. So when my old friend Finn Travis asked if I'd contribute to an installation of pieces at his eco-hotel in Playa Vieja, my suitcase was packed before we'd even finished the call. The hotel was gorgeous. The studio space, divine. And even better, Finn told me I could take yoga classes at their on-site studio. He neglected to mention they were being taught by my now-famous ex-boyfriend, Sage McAllister. You know, I think that woman over there is going to buy half of your drawings, Avery whispered, tugging down the jacket of her pantsuit. She was the manager of the Bellevue and Finn's wife. If she does, I'll take you out for celebratory cocktails, I said watching the potential buyer standing in front of one of my favorite pieces. Although if she buys that one, it will be hard to see it go. Avery narrowed her eyes at me. Oh, 
You mean that portrait of Sage? She asked. I shrugged, attempting nonchalance. It is, but from a long time ago. We were probably 17 when I drew that. He was the worst portrait model. Couldn't sit still to save his life. I shook my head. Thought about the charismatic man who led that yoga class yesterday. I tried not to get stuck in the past too often, but of course I knew Sage was semi-famous, and I was happy he'd finally found a way to fully embrace his magnetic personality and charm. Finn told me the two of you were the couple in high school, Avery said, nudging my shoulder. That true? We were pretty cute together, I admitted. He's definitely, you know, sexier now, but even as a teenager, he was captivating. It's that smile of his, one look and I was always a goner. I could see Sage walking through the parking lot toward the yoga studio, chin-length curly hair blown by the ocean breeze. If possible, his sea-green eyes had grown even greener, the planes of his face more masculine. My gaze lingered on his hard jaw, hard, lean muscles. Sage was always an incredibly good kisser, I said, words tumbling out before I could stop them. The day I'd sketched that portrait of Sage on the beach, he'd had me gasping on the sand an hour later. We'd kissed so long that day, my lips had swollen. And then his strong fingers had dipped beneath my bikini top for the very first time, stroking over my nipples with tentative appreciation. It was a shock to see him yesterday. We haven't spoken since we broke up after the first semester of college, I said, blushing at the memory. Well, isn't that an interesting turn of events? Avery said mildly. You're taking this class too, I'm assuming? I shook my head, even as my body ached to return to that dark room, flickering with candlelight. There'd been something so intimate about closing my eyes and hearing the rough scrape of Sage's voice deeper than it used to be. Okay, she said, with a look like she didn't believe me. Suit yourself, but I'm going. Sage welcomed Avery warmly as she walked into the yoga studio. I was standing in front of my portraits, heart racing, hoping Sage both would and wouldn't notice me over here in the corner. I looked down at the table, fiddled with papers for no reason, wondering what my hair looked like, if I looked different or the same, or if he still thought I was Olivia. I looked up. Sage had been a cute, boyish teenager, but he transformed into a strong man brimming with a quiet confidence. Hey, Sage, I said, biting my lip. How's, uh, how's it going? Fame treating you well? He gave me a familiar grin, but I was all too aware of our staged poses. The last time I'd seen him, we'd been so young. And I'd broken up with him on the beach, just steps away from this studio. It's not a big deal, Liv. Really, Sage said. I was totally shocked to see you yesterday. I thought, well, the last time I heard you were in New York City, right? I was, living in Brooklyn. But I might be moving back, actually. Here? Back home? he asked, rubbing his jaw. Saying the words felt better than I'd thought. Yeah, actually, yes, I am moving home. I miss it so much, 
and it only seems to be getting worse. Sage opened his mouth like he was about to say something, then closed it. He took a step closer until our toes almost touched. I thought the plan was to stay in New York City forever, he said. There was an echo of my breakup speech in those words. Whether it was intentional or not, I couldn't tell. I did too. But things change, I said. I mean, you weren't planning on becoming a famous yoga teacher, were you? Concern flickered across his expression. It all happened kind of fast, starting about a year after we broke up, he said. So I guess it was a good thing after all. My tone was light, even as I felt like a fist was closing around my throat. His words from yesterday came floating up from my thoughts. It can take us away from the people that we love. Sage inhaled powerfully, exhaled, a calming technique I recognized from yesterday. I thought that was your art, he said softly. This is your exhibit, isn't it? The one and only, I said, giving him a toothy smile. After a beat, he returned it. You're famous on that wall too, I said, nodding at the sketch. I wondered if he remembered the same things about that day, our bodies in the sand, his exploring fingers. These pieces are absolutely beautiful, Liv. Oh, thank you, I said. I liked everything you said in class yesterday. It was really moving, it really... Well, it made me think. Even as an artist, I rush through things when I should be enjoying them so much more. Did anything else I said resonate with you? He asked softly. My fingers itched to brush the hair away from his eyes. It did, I replied. A heavy silence hung between us. Then come take this class, he finally said. You can sneak in late if you have to go change. I don't know, I said. I just went yesterday and... You think there's a thing as too much yoga, Liv? He asked. Of course, we're not all yoga gods, Sage. I tried to laugh, but he turned quickly serious. He glanced at his watch, then back up at me. I'm going to be late. Okay, well, come to class. And after, maybe I can take you to coffee at the Paradise Cafe? He was walking away backwards, palms up in submission. Please, I'll even have Sylvia make your favorite dessert. Chocolate peanut butter brownies? I squealed, rolling my eyes when he laughed at me. He pulled open the door, that crooked grin making my heart race like a getaway driver's. Sage McAllister, my high school sweetheart taking me to coffee in our hometown. Think about it, Sage said, before disappearing into the studio. I thought about it, for all of a minute, and then I ran to grab a pair of yoga pants. Welcome, everyone, Sage said, sitting cross-legged on his mat in front of us. Behind him, ocean waves crested beneath a Playa Vieja sunset. Candles twinkled on the stage, and Christmas lights wound overhead like a galaxy of stars. I'm Sage, and I'll be your teacher this evening. I was sitting in the very back, but it was so obvious the room was filled with Sage fans. A few students were trying to sneak pictures with their phones. Two women in front of me were whispering to each other, 
staring at Sage with frank interest. I'd once dropped an entire bag of oranges at a grocery store in Brooklyn when I saw Sage, shirtless and smiling, on the cover of a yoga magazine. It was hard to place the man on that cover with the boy who'd once baked me a heart-shaped cookie cake for Valentine's Day, our sophomore year of high school. The past and the future have no place here this evening, at least not for the next 90 minutes, Sage continued, and his gaze felt like it was solely for me. You have no obligations, no emails to worry about or messages to answer. Your only job is to give your body what it wants. All of this made sense for Sage. He'd struggled to get good grades in high school and dropped out of college that first semester. I had struggled too. The only thing that made sense to me was art. But I had a laser focus and studied hard, and in the end I managed to scrape by. But Sage had always been body-focused. He played soccer and basketball, and in the off-season was always begging me to go running with him, or surfing, or hiking. Sage had a restless energy that only seemed to quiet when I was in the room. We're going to work hard tonight. I promise you that, Sage said, and the women next to me smirked at each other. But I'll remind you that rest is the most powerful expression of yoga. He stood, stepping down from the stage and unzipped his gray hoodie, letting it drop to the ground. The candlelight bathed his chest and stomach in artistic shadow. The light quivered over ridges of lean muscle and a dusting of blonde hair. He was so fucking beautiful up there. Inhale, he instructed, and I remembered to breathe. No past, no future. Just now. He strolled through the crowd, green eyes twinkling when they met mine. Exhale, let it all out. The room pulsed with energy, and it was all focused on Sage. After we'd broken up, I'd still worried about him, worried that he hadn't found the right outlet for his natural charisma and energy. But he clearly had. Sage was still staring at me. I let a smile break across my face. The years and hurt between us dissolved, and all I could see was the boy who'd pinned a corsage to my homecoming dress with such reverence, my heart had said, mine. Sage grinned right back at me. For so long, the students started to shift and cough, shattering the moment. Let's, uh, let's begin, shall we? He said, laughing beneath his breath. We'll start in downward-facing dog. For the next hour, Sage honored his promise. I was sweating, breathing heavily, my body moving the way it always longed to do. Together, in perfect unison with those around me, I stretched, reached, lifted, dropped. Through it all, Sage's voice guided me, sliding into my thoughts and dominating my senses. He was around me constantly, providing adjustments to the students, helping them settle more deeply into poses. And every time our eyes met, the ends of his lips would curl slightly. Warrior two pose, he called out, and I positioned my legs, stretching my arms wide open, enjoying the delicious opening of my hips. And we're going to hold this warrior 
sink into this warrior. Your arms are strong. Your legs are strong. The heat inside your body is beautiful. And your breath is fire. I liked that image. Storing the motivation for a future sketch. There was something so captivating about the feeling of heat curled deep in my belly and the strength that sprang from there. I was a warrior. Sage was right next to me, eyes assessing my alignment. Can I touch you, Olivia? He asked. There was a single drop of sweat rolling down his chest. I nodded, trying to concentrate, as Sage stepped behind my body. I inhaled, and he did too, matching my breathing. Inhale, exhale. His fingers landed softly on my upper arms, then slowly slid all the way past my elbow. A teasing touch, if he was a lover. Let your arms lengthen, like you're reaching for something delicious. Say, chocolate peanut butter brownies? He whispered, voice stirring the hairs at the nape of my neck. Swallowing a laugh, I reached an inch further. Good, he murmured. He pressed his fingers between my neck and back, dragging them down the wings of my shoulder blades. A different kind of heat was thrumming through me now. Try to let your shoulders melt away from your ears, he said, repeating the motion, gently massaging the tight muscles there. I could feel the heat of his chest against my back. During one of our many makeouts, Sage had discovered this spot on my body, right on my collarbone where my neck met my shoulder. It made me absolutely wild. Once, during senior year, Sage and I had been watching movies in my basement, cuddled beneath an old blanket. Our eyes had stayed glued on the screen as Sage kissed that spot over and over, dipped two fingers beneath my shorts and rubbed my clit through my underwear, groaning against my ear as I experienced my first ever orgasm. Picture lengthening here, he said, his index finger just barely grazing that same spot. I could feel my nipples hardening against my sports bra, my breath coming short and shallow. And your hips are just a bit too forward, he said, placing both palms on my bare waist. Another touch, light as a whisper. I fought a sinful urge to push my hips back, to arch against his hard body. Okay, I croaked, doing as I was told. He stepped back then, away from me. Raise your right palm to the sky and radiate your warrior pose. Sage was moving back through the yoga mats, muscles shifting on his broad back. Inhale every negative thought you had today. The entire class inhaled, paused. Exhale and let it go, he instructed. Now drop your fingers to the earth and flow. Sage and I were walking toward the Paradise Cafe, a place we'd frequented most Sundays when we were dating. I hadn't thought about it since I left for college, but there it was. Slightly worse for the wear, but still the brightly colored diner that served mostly local surfers, who came for the breakfast burritos, but stayed for the surf report. 
Should I get her old booth? Sage asked, holding the door open for me. His hoodie was still half unzipped, and I couldn't take my eyes off his chest, still aching, in more ways than one, from his adjustment in class. Sure, I said, stumbling over the word. This entire night had a floaty, dreamlike quality to it. Charged with that feeling of coming home after years away, everything had changed, and yet nothing had changed. Sage and I slid into our old booth, the one that faced the beach. The radio crackled with the surf report, and old videos of surfers played in the corners of the room. Is this weird? Sage asked. This is weird, isn't it? I laughed, glad he'd broken the tension. Yes, but also not at all. I keep thinking we should be talking about homework. You would be talking about homework, Sage said. I'd just be trying to kiss you. I bit my lip, enjoying the flirtatious gleam in his eye. Those lips of yours were pretty distracting. It's a wonder I graduated from high school. Sage grinned, wrapping his knuckles on the table. I seem to remember many a study night that turned steamy because of you, Olivia Wynne. Oh yeah? That's not how I remember it. Except Sage was right, of course. It was hard for me to stay focused with a boyfriend that was so cute. About an hour in, I'd usually push his books from his lap and straddle him. You know, the first thing I saw when I arrived in Playa Vieja yesterday were those cliffs, Sage said pointing out the window at the rocks that jutted out over the sea. They weren't extremely high, but for two scared teenagers, they'd been high enough. That's right, I exclaimed. You dared me to jump off those cliffs senior year. And you dared me right back, he said, rubbing a hand down his jaw. But I chickened out. You were always the brave one. Even now, you've been living as an artist for years, just like you said even though I'm sure it's hard sometimes. Living your dreams is always hard, I said. Just because it's your passion doesn't mean there aren't challenges every single day. You must feel that way too, right? Sage fiddled with a napkin, avoiding my gaze. Sure, I do. I know that feeling well. A silence stretched between us. Are you okay? I started to say, but Sage interrupted me. Olivia, can I ask you a question? Of course, I said. Why the hell did you break up with me? Welcome back. That's it for Catherine Nolan, first installment of Breath of Fire. Like I said earlier, she is giving away a signed paperback of Out of the Blue this week. Um, Make sure you enter to win on that. And I know we've said in the past to subscribe to the podcast, but if you're on Apple, hold up just a second because they are doing a new subscription service that you have to pay for. Um, I guess that is sort of like uh, the Spotify without the commercials. So just follow us. That's an option now on Apple phones, on Apple podcasts. So if you just follow us, those numbers really help and we really appreciate it. So, um, again, thanks for being with us today and we'll give you the second installment and we'll see you on Thursday. So I'm going to do the thing without the thing. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book. That's fine. Or you could sit back, relax and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.